Hasta la vista, baby. Think I'm crying? There's no crying in baseball! I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too! King Kong ain't got shit on me! It's showtime. Good day, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Rewind It Back podcast. As always, I'm Bill, and Joe and Jim are on tonight. Fellas, how are you doing? Hanging in there. Happy Thursday. What's up, boys? It's almost Sunday. Yeah, I like the banner that you have in the background there, Joe. That is, so for our listeners who who probably won't be able to see this, behind me is the Super Bowl Philadelphia Eagles flag from the 2017-2018 season when they beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl 52. Yeah, full disclosure, Joe lives in New Hampshire. I do. Surrounded by uh, Patriots fans. It was Um, extra special up here. So tonight we are going to do a uh, Western classic movie from 1993. We're going to do Tombstone. Never saw a rich man didn't wind up with a guilty conscience. I already got a guilty conscience. Might as well have the money, too. Heard her, huh? Heard of you. Listen now, Mr. Kansas Law Dog. Law don't go around here. Savvy? I'm retired. Good. Those cowboys been telling everybody in town they're going to clean you out. You know, you men are making a lot of money in this town. In the meantime, a lot of decent people are suffering. The first time in our lives, we got a chance to stop wandering and finally be a family. Now, this is trouble we don't need. Doc Holliday. That's the rumor. You retired too? Not me. I'm in my prime. How the hell are you? Piss on you, why? I got you now. Don't you ever try to manhandle a cattle because we'll cut your goddamn pimp's heart out. You understand me? We're gonna have a future in this town. It's gotta have some law and order. I can't beat him, can I? Don't let him get you, brother. You're the one. Very calm, You're gonna leave. You got a fight coming. Coming today. You tell him I'm coming, and hell's coming with me. You hear? Hell's coming with me. This movie, it's fucking awesome. I love it. It's not for everyone, but I love this movie every time I watch it. It stars Kurt Russell, Val Kilmer, Sam Elliott, Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, Dana Delaney, just an all-star cast. Arguably probably the best movie of each one of those actors that I just named, probably the best roles they've ever played. It has everything. It's it's a Western. There's action. It's loosely based on real events that took place in the 1880s in Tombstone, Arizona, including the gunfight at the OK Corral. Uh, that Herb Vendetta ride, and it also depicts a lot of Western outlaws and lawmen, Wyatt Earp, Johnny Ringo, Doc Holliday. Good action movie, good, uh, you know, had a little bit of a love story sprinkled in there too, which I don't think that was needed, but I can get into that later in the show. My my opinion wasn't that. And there was also a good bromance in this movie too, between Wyatt Earp and uh, Doc Holliday and the, and the friendship they had. So uh, where do you guys want to start? I mean, this, the, I mean, the every time I watch this movie, the actor that stands out the most is definitely Val Kilmer. He put the song probably the the most memorable role in his uh, in his career. He plays Doc Holliday. He's he's a he's a gambler. He's hard drinking. Surprisingly, he he did receive a lot of awards for his role in this movie, but he did not get nominated for an Oscar in 1993 for this. Shameful. 
I think so too. I mean, it's he's um I like Val Kilmer. He has a kept a couple good movies. I mean, yeah. he's you know he's known for Top Gun too. His role there, this movie and and his role that he played in the movie Heat in 1995 with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. I I go back and forth between which movie of of Val Kilmer's is my favorite. He played Batman. Yeah, he he yeah he played Batman and Batman Forever. Um, he was in The Saint. The Saint is a is a decent movie. He was in The Doors. But uh, I feel like he he was in a couple good movies. But like I feel like as soon as like nineteen ninety five came and he played that that Batman role, which at the time if you played Batman, you're there's a lot of prestige behind it. But I feel like once he did that role, like it's it kind of he didn't live up to like you know the potential and like you know the all of his his good qualities and his talent that he had like after that Batman movie. Kind of like Ben Simmons, he didn't live up to the you know all the the hype that it could have been. Ben Simmons. I don't want to start that that can of worms today if if, if we can help it. Although it yes, does make yes. me very angry. But man, I you know I'm torn between who did better in this movie, Kurt Russell or Val Kilmer. I think they both did an outstanding job in this movie. I mean, it's hard to argue that one was really better than the other. It's like they're really equal. I think across the board. I mean, I'm not much of a history buff, but I but as far as I understand, this movie was praised for its relatively accurate portrayal of life in 1880s you know wild west with period with 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 all the set pieces and sort of general depiction of a little up and coming town in the in the middle of nowhere arizona and sort of the lawlessness that ensued in titan towns like this that were on the wild frontier and you know and as i and as far as i understand they got a lot of the historical details right in terms of the, how Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp are really good friends, and the and the Earp brothers having their their role in this movie as lawmen, I think they did a really nice job. It's a fantastic movie overall; can't beat it. Yeah, this movie kind of fell victim to like the time period it came out. That's why it's so overshadowed. Uh, you're going up against like your sandwich between like Jurassic Park, your sandwich between, uh, you know that, and then like Forrest Gump. So, and then like a few good men, like there's like a, there's, I think there was like a ton of movies that came out during this time period. That's kind of why Kilmer got the snub, like at the Oscars, which it was a snub. Doc Holliday in this movie is definitely one of my like favorite movie characters in history. I just, I just love the whole persona of him, like how he's just so cocky and arrogant but it's like a good arrogance like you know like he's he's arrogant with the right people he's arrogant with the people that deserve yeah to have their shit thrown back in their face like all the you know like all the what's his name uh the, who's the jack off uh which one there's a whole bunch of uh, that cowboys gang pick johnny ringo yeah johnny ringo like it's such a great, such a great movie. Um, probably, I would probably have to say this is my favorite Western. Oh, yeah. Um, like this, and then like a close second would probably be The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. But this this was like a time period where we started to get like a, like a few more Westerns came out like in the early 90s that, that weren't bad. Like after they were forgotten about for so long, like because of the action movies in the 80s, you know, Westerns kind of went away in the 80s. And uh, the fair. other one I think of is um, the one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Sharon Stone, uh, which oh, the, nearly the quick, the quick and the dead. Yeah, which isn't nearly as good as this, and it's not based off a, a true story, but 
kind of a little bit mini resurgence on westerns in the nineties. And but this is this is by far this is the crown jewel. One of the one of the best ones, hands down. You know, Jim, I like I like your point about you know Val Kilmore's portrayal of Doc Holliday as sort of ar- you know arrogant in sort of a good way. And one of the things to remember about being arrogant is is you, you can be arrogant if you can back it up. Yeah. And Doc Holliday in the in in real life and in this movie was an outstanding marksman, and that was on full display in this movie. Either at any time he had a firearm, it was just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and incredibly fast, incredibly accurate, and you know he could put his money where his mouth was. I love the, I love the Amir Huckleberry scene. I love that. I love that scene where it's just the guy's talking mad shit. And I like the thing with it, like you can be arrogant or you can be stupid. You can't be both, right? You got to pick one. Like you can't be. But I know a lot of people like that. That. That you know the cowboys were arrogant and stupid, so it was like like you, you got to pick one. So they were just like those type of people are like low hanging fruit for for a character like uh, Doc Holliday that Val Kilmer portrays in this movie. It was like the perfect, it was like the perfect yeah. match for him. Of it's like the perfect group of people for him to fuck with. Like and it's part, just it's it's a beautiful thing to see. And part of that too, Jim, is because Doc Holliday is an educated man. In real yeah. life, he was a dentist. Yes. And so he was far more intelligent in terms of just sort of, you know, both raw intelligence and also formal education than he pretty much any anybody was, else out there. He was dealing with Johnny Ringo, who was the dumb as rocks and a shit kicker <laughs> that just took up space and robbed people. So yeah, and when you put somebody of superior intelligence against someone as you aptly call a shit kicker or a tire kicker so to speak what do you expect to happen i mean johnny ringo had really had no chance in their final duel at the end of the movie or any really any point throughout i mean you could tell that johnny ringo was scared of doc holiday every time doc holiday just stood up and whipped it out Uh, you could you could smell the the feces through the tv yeah I love like the opening scene though with him when we're when uh, doc holiday is introduced and he's of course in the middle of a poker game and he's sweating and drinking and he has tuberculosis by the way if anyone's never seen this movie so that's what he's he's slowly dying from and he's just he's spending his nights gambling partying and drinking even his doctor at one point in this movie i love him he just the doctor basically says i'm like you need to stop you're you're dying stop drinking stop smoking stop fucking that chick like you need to stop <laughs> so, the bang Yes, literally. Come on, Holiday, you in or out, God damn it! Why, Ed Bailey, you look like you're just about ready to burst. Come on, come on, show. <laughs> well, I suppose I'm deranged, but I guess I'll just have to call. Call your ears, darling. <clears throat> Isn't that a daisy? Son of a bitch! Billy, just settle down. Shut up. Take your money and get out. Because I'm tired of listening to your mouth. Why, Aunt Bailey? We cross. Them guns don't scare me. Because without them guns, you ain't nothing but a skinny lunger. Ed, what an ugly thing to say. Our poor ugliness. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? <laughs> you know, Ed. 
If I thought you were my friend, I just don't think I could bear it. There. Now we can be friends again. God damn it, dude. Like <laughs> so slick. This is yeah, exactly. Jesus. So slick. He just went, and he just went a Kembo on him just to fuck. <laughs> he didn't even like draw one gun. He had to pull two guns on him. Same. Like thing. this 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 the Val Kilmer just Kills it and he crushes it in this movie, and it's it's shocking too, con considering that Kurt Russell's also in this movie, and he's he's the leading role, and Kurt Russell is usually a showstopper. That was so smooth, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Kurt Russell is basically me at work this entire movie. He's pissed <laughs> off and he's screaming in people's faces the entire fucking time, and nothing is right, and he just he's trying to keep everybody in order. He's that's that's pretty much describes Kurt Russell's. Uh, what's his name this entire movie and you can't fucking blame him you can't blame him he they went out there they were, the town was a bunch of idiots they were making tons of money off them and then they then they played like in the trailer they played the guilt trip oh we'll talk about that but like the man had to come out of retirement like what the fuck like he's trying to relax and like get see his brothers again and comes an inevitable shit storm that comes in so doc holiday i mean great role and, and kurt russell it seems like I mean he he was in a lot of good movies. He was in um, Escape from New York. Backdraft was all right, but it seems like every five years, like Kurt Russell, like he makes all these fucking stinker movies. But every five years, he makes a good one. Like I think the last one that he, I liked him in was in The Hateful Eight and that Christmas he, movie that he was in on. Netflix, you know, a lot of people movie. will argue that he was did a nice job in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh yeah, he plays yeah. Uh, what's his name? Ego. Ego, the, yes. the, the other living planet. Yeah, Chris Pratt's uh, character's dead. Ego. I I actually liked him in both Overboard, which is a romantic comedy that my parents watched it a lot as a kid because my parents love it. You can check your man card right over there. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I I also am a big fan of Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, that one's good too. That movie's hysterical. That's got the like fucked up dragon lady, right? It does. But, yeah, that's I remember that movie. I I it's like it's more of a cult classic now because it was it did terrible at the box office in '86. It flopped. But there's just something about it now that's just hysterical. It's one of those movies that would be on Saturday afternoon, like every Saturday. Yep, like two o'clock in the afternoon at some random TV on like TNT. Like nobody's nice watching day it. day of the fucking year. And <laughs> that would be on the TV. That's why I enjoyed it. I, I thought sucked, it was funny. It sucked you right in. But you're right, Bill. It's like it's like every so often, like he makes a lot of like, like ho-hum or clunkers. But then he comes up with a gem like this. Yeah, yeah, I I think he knows when he needs a paycheck, and I think he he just yeah he just he's like I haven't had a check in a few years. What's this car escape from L.A.? Sure, why not? <laughs> um, it's just I guess that could be any actor, but I it's either really good or really bad with Kurt Russell. It's either really good or really bad, and this obviously was one of the ones that's really good. But I don't think it takes away from him as an actor. I I, I enjoy Kurt Russell movies. Um, yeah, I agree to that. I, even even in the shitty ones, I I enjoy his acting. To whereas like he kind of whole carry a movie like Escape from L.A. was terrible, but he like if it wasn't for him, it would be unwatchable. Like I probably would have turned it off in the first like ten minutes. But it's just I guess that's what a good actor does for you. Yeah, and the other characters that were in this too, uh, Sam Elliott, which fucking by the way, the Sam Elliotts looked and talked the same for thirty years. He doesn't, and he's just, that's, he's playing is, himself in these movies yeah. and all the shit he does. Yeah, I, I I love it. 
His <laughs> he has that fabulous mustache all the time, that deep voice. It's so he, so perfect. He's like the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Like that guy plays himself in every movie. This the, the Sam Elliott just plays himself in yeah. every movie. Well, he literally played this character in The Big Lebowski. He was the narrator at the yeah. bar. And then he played this character again in the Ghost Rider movie. He played and he's played this character like ten other times because it's like he, my he just, God, the Ghost Rider movie. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> he was he, about that. He, one. he was Carter Slade, the the nineteenth uh, century Ghost Rider, and and ju- yeah, yeah, that's a clunker movie, but at least he did an okay job. But he's uh, also the uh, he's also the look at this here truck. Runs on four wheels, gasoline, and has a steering wheel. <laughs> exactly, but but like you can pick him out of just out of a, a random audio recording because his he's so it's his voice is so distinctive, and just his look he it looks like he's been smoking a like cigarettes for fifty years. He has like smoke <laughs> stains on his mustache, and he looks like he like he looks like he was plucked right out of eighteen eighty like today. <laughs> he's the only guy I look at. And I'm like, maybe I should buy a cowboy hat. Like, not like, obviously not the football team, but like an actual fucking 10-gallon hat. Yeah, a real one. And, and I just, he's just a badass. He, he's, but I just think that's who he is. I don't even think that's fucking acting. I think if he ran into Sam Elliott right now, he'd be drinking a Miller Lite at the bar, <laughs> spitted chewing tobacco on people's feet <laughs> as they were trying to fucking order drinks. Like, that's just who I think he is. Like, I, I, like, I think they were like, okay, we want you to be in a movie. Don't do anything different. <laughs> this yeah. here, is, just here show some, up. There'll be a 30 be pack of beer for you. Some chewing <laughs> tobacco and uh Carter and Marlboro Reds. And I can literally, I can literally see his trailer being full of bags of red man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. Yeah. The, he probably eats nothing but fucking steak and potatoes. He probably shits raw vegetables. Like he, it's it's, it's just, perfect. He's just he's the man's man. You know, it's funny though. You know, I know that we're kind of giving him, you know, a bit of a hard time for being just himself in every movie, but <laughs> in this movie, he is the most honorable of them all. He was the one. He was the brother who was most impacted by the sheer lawlessness of Tombstone. And he was also the only guy that was more pissed off than Kurt Russell, which well, I yeah, appreciate. I mean, for sure, but like he was the one who got, who got the gumption to become after um, Curly Bill uh, killed the town sheriff. I think in an opium induced accident. I don't think it was intentional. He killed is him anyway. The, is that the scene where he's uh, he's shooting? At yeah. Him? So for our li- so for our listeners who haven't seen the movie, there's a scene in the movie where Curly Bill, who's the leader of the cowboy gang, goes into an opium bar, opium den in a, in Tombstone gets high out of his gourd, has like hallucinations because opium will do that to you. And he goes into the middle of the town square, just shooting his 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 two pistols at random, not in anybody in particular, but just like at random. And the town sheriff comes out to um, ask him to turn them in. They get into like a minor, like and during the handoff, he accidentally shoots the sheriff and then all kind of hell breaks loose a little bit. All right, back off. Get a rope. Bring him up. Nobody's hanging anybody. He just killed a man. He'll stand trial for it. Now get back. Move. Turn him loose. Move. 
said to turn loose of him. I'm not. So go home. I swear to God. Law dog, you don't step aside, we'll tear you apart. You die first, get it? Your friends might get me in a rush, but not before I make your head into a canoe. You understand me? He's bluffing. Let's rush him. No. He ain't bluffing. First of all, I love that line. I'm going to turn your head into a canoe. <laughs> and the second no, thing no. is, is this what? Look at the scene you just paused. Mm-hmm. That that stare. Well, oh, dude, the just, mustache makes it. The mustache and just like, that's like Medusa. Like you're fucking stoned at that point. How the fuck do you even grow a mustache like that? Those are all real mustaches, too. If I had tried to grow a mustache like that, I would look like some fucking dirty cop. That's what I would look like. That is all. Oh, well, well, Sam Elliott was like born with his. But for everybody else, you know, that probably took months to grow. But look how majestic that is. That's so a mustache. Stash. Great stash. Everyone has a great stash. I think that's one of the things that aged well, too, about this movie. Is I don't know stash. about Bill Paxton's stash, but he did the best Paxton. he could. <laughs> so so anyway what i wanted to talk about was Sorry. the fucking guy here ike clanton like Punk. seriously he's he we all know what type of guy like that in our travels in life like he he's really mouthy he'll he'll say like oh, i'm gonna tear you apart i'm gonna beat the shit out of you and then you stand up to him and he's just like man he ain't bluffing don't hurt me he's one of those people who thinks you know who who, <laughs> who goes by this everyone's a g until the real g shows up that is ike clayton because yeah. Kurt Russell just put just put a cold peacemaker to his head and was like, I will blow your fucking head off. <laughs> and that's like throughout this isn't the first time this something this has happened too in the movie. Like later on at the train <laughs> station, he spares him. He's like, don't hurt me. He, he acts all tough, and then someone stands up to him, and then he just he shits his pants and forgets his name. And then uh Johnny Ringo, he's one of the uh leading villains in this movie. You must be Doc Holiday. <laughs> that's the rumor. You retired too? Not me. I'm in my prime. Yeah, you look it. You must be Ringo. Look, darling. Johnny Ringo. The deadliest pistol ever since Wild Bill, they say. What do you think, darling? Should I hate him? You don't even know him. No, that's true, but... I don't know. There's just something about him. Something around the house. I don't know. Reminds me of... me. (laughs) No. I'm sure of it. I hate him. He's drunk. In vino veritas. Ajik Wurajis. Creda Judaea Sotella. Non ego. Eventus stultorum. Magister. In pace requiescata. Come on, boys. We don't want any trouble in here, not in any language. That's Latin, darling. Evidently, Mr. Ringo's an educated man. Now I really hate him. So they're speaking Latin to each other, like he said, and I had to look up what a what it, what they were saying translated this is what it, they were saying doc in wine there is truth ringo do what you do doc let the jew appella believe it not i ringo youth is a teacher of fools doc rest in peace 
Like, thank God they uh they said that in Latin because that's basically incoherent here drivel to me. Sounds like uh maybe the rhetoric changed over the centuries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But every single scene when those two come together, Doc Holiday and Ringo, like you that's one of those those shows like if, if, those movies where like if it's on TV and you're just like doing shit around the house and that any scene that those two come on, if you have this movie on the background, you stop and you watch those scenes. You can feel it. It's oh, like yeah. it's like the tensions run highest in, in some of those scenes in the entire movie. Not to mention the uh, the vengeance run at the end, but just with with those two staring each other down. There's a few times in the movie where they're doing that either out in the open or in in the bar or at the scene you have on the screen right now, where they're in, where at, they're at the final showdown. Yeah, I mean that's the tense. build up, right? They wanted to build that up. They gotta they gotta get everybody into that. Well, it, I mean, it was pretty clear that in between the two camps, the the lawmen and the cowboy gang, that Johnny Ringo and Doc Holliday were the two best shooters, the two most proficient marksmen, you know, the best skilled. And so it seemed to make sense to have the two best throw down at the end. I didn't think you had it in you. Well, he thinks he's this. This is he thinks he's coming to meet Earp for a gunfight here. Yes. And he's scared shitless so he really ringo really as much as he talks shit he really didn't want a piece of holiday because he literally scared he shits his pants when he realizes that this is an earth this is holiday showing up to fight him yes this is a look on a man's face when you realize that your mouth got you in something your ass can't get you out of why johnny ringo you look like somebody just walked over your grave it's not with you, Holiday. I beg to differ, sir. We started a game we never got to finish. <clears throat> Play for blood, remember? I was just fooling about. I wasn't. And this time, it's legal. All right, longer. Let's do it. He's he's got to get that adrenaline up because he's about to get fucked. It's such an awesome scene. Yeah, such a such a great movie. Everything Val Kilmer does is so smooth. I mean the 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 accent, the dialogue, just everything the man says is gold. What's the best gunfight in this movie? The OK Corral, or you like the fight at the end? Honestly, I think the OK Corral just it was sort of blasé in comparison to the revenge fights at the end. Yeah, the fucking the scene where he's walking through the uh, the river, just blowing guys away, having like an out of body experience, and he's just going, "No, no." I mean, I mean, a man of common sense is not going to walk out into a hail of gunfire, and then all of a sudden, Kirk, you know, Kurt Russell has a Jesus moment, and is literally just walking out into a hail of you know forty caliber bullets, just and nothing, not a scratch. Out of body experience had a, I mean, something like that because he somehow miraculously served not even, not even a, a dusting. And the best is because, like, right out of the shoot when this movie begins, you find out who the, the this gang of cowboys are. You find out who Johnny Ringo is and that Ike Clayton guy. And they what they do is in the beginning of the movie, they find out that this um group um over the Mexican border, I don't forget what their name was, I don't know if they were different cowboys or what, but they these Mexicans end up to, killing. At some point, we don't see this. We see they end up killing two of the cowboys 
and they get seek revenge on by killing this guy at his wedding day and it's just a big massacre and you find out that these guys are are, are murderers you know that they they're the robbers they they have no like value of life so that kind of sets up as the what kind of uh, what kind of group that these guys are and then when the when you see someone like Johnny Ringo die or any other cowboys in the movie die like you kind of get like a mm, goddamn right you earned it. Now, but top to bottom, this movie is great. I don't think it gets talked about enough um, as far as action movies and, and and westerns. I mean, because we, I mean, they don't make westerns anymore, so this kind of gets gets tucked away. They can't think, anymore, though. That's the problem. Yeah. I mean, beyond the fact that no studio would probably fund it, given how rough and tumble these movies can be. I mean, yeah, but I don't oh, know. They, but can, like, they can make them. They're just lazy. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess because you know. There's so much history behind it. They do take some to make a good one takes a lot of effort to make a shitty one's easy. You can just, you know, drop a bunch of people into the into the mid into the West and and let them do their thing like that crappy Cowboys or Aliens movie. You know, that was stupid. But to make a good Western movie, it takes a lot of accuracy that I don't think a lot of studios will do anymore for whatever reason. I always think I always forget how long this movie is, too. It's like two and a quarter hours. And I feel like, and you know, if I'm going to nitpick about about this movie, I think that the only because I mean, the topic of conversation always comes up sometimes in in this in these shows that if this movie this movie would be perfect if it was you know if this scene was shaved off or they shaved off a half hour. Or so I think if they shaved off, say like the whole scene in about a quarter of the way through the movie at, of the play where we meet Billy Zane and Dana Delaney's character and that whole like romance between her and Wyatt, I think that you know that I don't think it was needed. It's fairly but, accurate, cause I, cause, though, because I think I think sometimes like it, it kind of slows down the pacing too of the movie in certain points. But it but, is fairly accurate, though, Bill, to, to history. Like mm-hmm. he was married to his wife, Maggie, at, at, under common law. And then she died of the of overdosing on opium because during the movie, you saw her taking what what was a solution of basically opium in, in water and alcohol to cure her headaches. And she became addicted to it. And, and, re- and in real life, it killed her. And. And then he married and then eventually he married Josephine. And so there is, you know, some yeah. some some truth to why it's there. Yeah. And, and, and that's fine. But I mean, like, if they, I don't think they I don't know. Maybe I'm just it didn't bother it. me. It was kind of there. I do think yeah. the movie was too long. Yeah, um, I agree. They could have talked about that stuff without putting those scenes. in. I, I kind of agree with Bill. Like they could have mentioned it in passing or whatever. Or I think some of them were probably appropriate just to sort of pique the love interest, which is what ended up happening. But he met her at various points throughout, and it was probably not necessary to show all of those times. Did they have like, did they have like that two and a half hour time frame? And that's why they they were going to hit that. And I just, I don't get that with a lot of these movies. I think these movies are, a lot of movies run a little bit too long nowadays. And it it didn't like kill the movie. It just could have been a little bit. No, I, I wouldn't say it, it. I wouldn't say it killed the movie. They um, broke I, up those monotonous scenes a little. What I'm trying to say is they broke up those monotonous scenes. Like they weren't all in a row. Like, yeah. They they broke them up. It prolonged the movie, but they were a little bit easier to get through because they were broken up. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, like it's. I mean, it, it wasn't terrible. I mean, we we've, we've seen worse things shoehorned into a movie, but I mean, <laughs> but I mean, like it's just a. It kind of slows down the pace of the movie in some some spots with its series of meandering and soapy romance and i mean i i i, I like dana delaney too you know i like her as an actress i she was in this late 80s early 90s show called china beach that i remember my mom would well, my parents would watch it and i remember 
there was a stretch of time where like all these television shows that I remember my parents watching when I was growing up, like I watched them like ER and, you know, Seinfeld, you know, you kind of get like what's going on there now, but it's kind of one of those things that's been burned to my memories of what my parents would watch when I was uh, growing up. But China beach was one that my, my mom would watch and it was on Hulu, like, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago. And I remember I watched the whole series and it was a, it was a really good show. It was probably one of the, it probably has to me, one of the best endings in a television series ever. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the show, but it's about Daniel Delaney. She plays a uh, a field nurse working at these built-up hospitals during the Vietnam War. Throughout the whole show, it's just her struggles with being a nurse and her, what her, her and her colleagues go through just being in the Vietnam War and taking care of wounded patients. But yeah, it was, it was a really good show. Although I have to say, one thing I was thinking about today, because I, I watched it last night, just for again, for the I hadn't seen it in quite some time, so I wanted to remind myself of some details. I think that, you know, I think you mentioned earlier, Bill, that this is probably Bill Paxton's best movie. I think he did an outstanding job as uh, Morgan Earp. I mean, he's I mean, obviously he's the young he's the youngest brother. He's the one who's the most timid and most the least experienced. And that shows in throughout the whole movie. I mean, I, I think when he became sort of conscripted into being a lawman by his older brother, you could tell he had never really been in that role before. And. He didn't really know what to do when they were getting shot at. I like how that was portrayed in the movie, that him being the the scared, the slightly scared youngest one stepping up to the plate. I don't know, man. I, I, tr- I tr- Bill Paxton's one of those actors where I really tried to like. Ah, like, I like go. him in this movie. He was good in Apollo 13, but there's just some movies where, like, I watch him, like, in Twister or. He doesn't like, carry he, movie as a lead. He yeah. can't. Like he I mean, he was in he was in Aliens and then he was in like the True Lies and it's just he was in I Predator just, Two right yeah I like I I was one of those guys like I really for throughout my life and all the movies I've seen him like I really really tried my best to like him but I just I, I, I you can't, can't do it like I, there's just something about him that I can't buy into and he's good in this movie but like his all of his 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 resume of movies like whenever he's in, he's in something I'm just like uh, Bill Paxton's in this movie too. Yeah, but it's not like he's a total letdown. He's just, I mean, Jim's right. He, he can't. He doesn't have the bravado or the acting skill, to be honest. Or he didn't before he passed away. He didn't have the skill to carry a movie as a lead actor. But I think as a supporting character, for the most part, he did a pretty good job. I mean, I wouldn't. I mean, maybe Twister is he was in a sort of co-lead role with. I think it was Laura Dern who played the female. But I think, but otherwise, I mean, he's been a really just a high level supporting character in pretty much every movie he's been in of note, played a cop in various movies. He's been all over. He granted, he it's like his 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 movie credits are long. He has a lot of movies he's been supporting in. But ones that stand out are this one. I mean, I thought he did great in this movie. But as you mentioned, a lot of times it's like a bit of a wallflower doesn't really stand out much. I can see your face. You just you just, you just can't do it. I'm on IMDb right now oh on my other screen and I'm going through his movies and like the good movies that he was in. But like I said, when I find out that he's in this movie, I'm like, uh, you know, like, like, like I said, here's a, here's true lies, Apollo 13, Twister, Titanic, simple plan. That was with Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, fat Billy Bob Thornton was in this movie too. He played he the, uh, the dealer in the, in the bar when he first, uh, when he first got, first got to town. Everybody was in this movie. Charlton Heston was in this movie. <laughs> Who was the guy that played the Phantom? Uh, Billy, Billy Zane. Zane. He was Mr. Yeah. Fabian, the actor. Yeah. Thomas Hayden Church was the other 
the other goon, Macaulay. Fucking Jason Priestley was in this movie. Again, they pulled all the stops out to find people who needed who needed a paycheck. <laughs> Who's um? Oh, this Thomas uh, Hayden Church guy. Yeah, he played Billy Clayton. Who the? Where's, what's he been in? He was in Spider Man Three. He was the Sandman. Oh, yeah, good call. Uh-huh. I knew he looked Which familiar. Also, it does a shit movie anyway. He has, yeah, he has he has hair in this movie too. That's why it threw me off. I forgot Charlton Heston played Henry Hooker in this movie. It's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't show up till the end, right? Yeah, he, he yeah. he's he's the he's the famous low. He owns that giant ranch in the middle of nowhere, and he and he harbors the Hooker Ranch. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he harbors the federal posse. He's also a real character in real life too. Like it's not like a joke. Like he was a real super wealthy, like you know, land baron in Arizona. Yeah, it's had a really good all star cast here. It did. Even Michael Rooker was in this. Yes, he was the he was the converted. I think it was like Cluster. I think his name was in this movie or something like that. Masters. Big Masters. Okay, close enough. Yeah, he he was the one that uh basically like these guys are out of their fucking minds. Like they're trying to like it's one can it's one thing to like kill like another man, but now they're going after like women and children. He's like I I'm not. I'm not about I'm that. Not buying, I'm not buying into that. So that's so what again, like, a, a man with scruples. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I'm just thinking know. of the. I haven't heard that word scruples since. Uh, Excuse me. Since there was a <laughs> there was a a bar uh, called Scruples. We'll call it that. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, so like to, to, to finish this thing up, this is a great great movie, action movie, western. It's got it all. It's got it all. It's great, great acting for sure. And I think that this, like I said in the beginning, this is arguably probably the best role that everyone in, of these uh, actors played was in this, uh, in their career was in this movie. Hands down. I, I can't imagine, I can't think of any other movie offhand, especially for like, I'd say like maybe A minus tier actors like Sam Elliott and Bill Paxton. Like, like this is like the pinnacle of them. I mean, Kurt Russell has had a few winners and, and quite a few losers. And Val Kilmer, I mean, you could argue it's either this or Top Gun. Come on, Joe. That first Top Gun's a little rough. Yeah, yeah but I I, but, I, uh, still, I, I say buddy, buddies, this movie it, and Heat. Yeah, I would go with Heat. Over maybe this. Heat, fine. But but people know Iceman, especially now that the that Top Gun, the Maverick came out. Val Kilmer got an immediate boost back into into the limelight. Not to mention his uh his his many year struggle with throat cancer. I forgot about. I mean, that. yeah, I mean, he basically can't talk anymore because he had throat cancer in, in 2015, and his vocal cords are basically gone. He can like kind of talk as you if he if anybody has seen Top Gun Maverick, you can tell he he struggles to speak. He does what he can, but he struggles to speak, and it's real. It's not like it's not acting. Oh man, if he spoke, if he speaks now like Doc Holliday, how fucking awesome would that be? What was what? Holiday always drinking? It was oh, a little shot kind of whiskey. Some probably some type yeah had to be whiskey bourbon or gin, bourbon gin something like that because he was just down on it all day. He must have had a fucking bottle near him because he was always just fucking crushing. The <laughs> well, whole he had that little he tin was, shot. Every cup. time they went to him, it was bottoms up. <laughs> yeah, he, he carried that tin. He carried that little tin cup around, chugging shots, and then he was coughing up blood into a handkerchief. Smoking drink. Probably wasn't even the tuberculosis. It was probably the fucking whiskey they were drinking back then. <laughs> on well, to, his ass off. Too. Although to be truth, sweating it all out of his pores. That's why. Well, on the, although so to long. be truthful, the combination of the Arizona climate and all, all that alcohol probably kept him alive longer than he should have been. <laughs> I mean, tuberculosis is terrible. But if you're living in a in like the damp Northeast, forget about it. It's fucking cold and wet here half the year and. <laughs> 
and you're bound to get pneumonia and tuberculosis together. At least in Arizona, oh, it's dry and warm. Oh, the one scene I forgot to mention that I really wanted to talk about was the ending. About when Doc Holliday's on his deathbed and Wyatt Earp comes to see him. And, you know, he just, he just thanks him for always being there. And then Doc, at one point in the movie, he says that he doesn't have any how many friends. And that's why he's going along with Wyatt Earp on this uh, vendetta ride. And even the sh- uh, shootout, the OK Corral, because even at the when that shootout prior to that shootout taking place, you know, Doc's coming with Wyatt and his uh, and Virgil and Morgan. And he just goes, he goes, what are you doing, Doc? He's like, this doesn't involve you. This isn't your your shit. And he just goes, he goes, why Wyatt? He's like, that is a very. uh but he was like offended by it. Like, you're my friend. Of course, I'm going to come with you and help yeah. you. And um, but the ending is, is that when Doc Holliday, he, he in seconds before he dies, he looks down at his feet. and He just goes, oh, this is funny. And, and I looked into this, too. I read up a little bit about the Doc Holliday. A lot of historians debate that 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 uh, this is funny while him looking down at his feet. They debated on that if actually that really happened. And the argument is always like that's why it's true is because the person that doc holiday was living the his life like on the edge with like his gambling and the drinking and the smoking like he always thought that he was going to be a guy that that that's going to die in the streets like in his boots but no he's on in a bed he can see his toes you know he thought that his last sight would be his boots now it's his, it's his toes and that's why he he found it the irony in it yeah makes so sense. i thought it was it good, makes good that sense. makes a lot of sense now 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 i think about it i hadn't looked into this that deeply about his death i mean I mean, he died in Colorado after in a hospital, in a, like a hotel room hospital or whatever it was. And damn, that's deep. <laughs> yeah. So this is a great movie. Good pick, um, whoever this was. Yeah, this is mine. So for next week, we are going to do a superhero movie, and we're going to go back to the year 2002 and do the Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. Hmm. Looking forward to that. It's been a while since I've seen that. I have not seen that movie in some time. William yeah, it's outstanding. It's Dude, 21 years now. Can you remember that? I remember when this fucking movie came out. I, I was, yeah, I know. I, I, feel, at... I feel old. <laughs> I think so all the movies. We yeah. were in high school. Yeah. I remember eating the cereal that came out with that movie. It was good fucking cereal. Tasted like Tobey Tobe like Maguire. Oh, uh, my God. Yeah, so we're going to do that one. Um, looking forward to it. Um, thanks, everyone, that tuned in to us on Twitch tonight, if there were any. There are. How many we got? Oh, yeah, we have a handful. Thank you to all who listen to us weekly on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Breaker. Have a good uh, weekend. Oh, and I have to say, go Birds, Super Bowl weekend. Uh, hopefully by the time this episode is going to air after the Super Bowl. So hopefully by the following episode for Spider-Man, we'll be able to talk about a, a Super Bowl win. Also, speaking of the Eagles, are uh, me and Joe's buddy, Boss, he's been on a couple episodes. He has a really good philadelphia eagles podcast to listen to it's called philly birds talk uh he did drop an episode today if anyone on twitch as is, is eagle fans i want to give him a listen it's good he does a really good uh he's, he does he's come a long way you know him and dan always argue about who's like the who knows more about football in the finocchio family but i don't know it, the last couple of years of that boss has been doing this podcast like there's I, a it's a clear winner oh uh, yeah now if i call about sports betting that's his brother oh that's that's a <laughs> <laughs> if we're going to be betting on, you know, high school basketball, you go to Dan. Yeah. 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 We're, we're like a Russian hockey or something. <laughs> Texas <laughs> that'll do. Yeah. That'll do it for this week's episode. Thank you all again for listening. Go birds. Go birds. Go birds.